The opening of the NFL is brought to you by Mack Weldon. Mack Weldon is a premium men's essentials brand that believes in smart design and premium fabrics. Mack Weldon is better than whatever you're wearing right now. Promo code Locked On gets you 20% at MacWeldon.com. Here we are, another Locked On NFL. Brian Peacock, your co-host alongside the scout, Matt Williamson. We're taking you around the NFL Daily here on the Locked On Podcast Network. You can find me on Twitter at BD Peacock. Matt is at Williamson NFL. You can find this podcast just as you can find all of the podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network on your favorite app, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Matt, I always laugh at how many times I say the word podcast in our intro. Yeah, I actually just, that's funny you say that because I was just sitting here thinking going, podcast, podcast. I've never noticed it before, but you do say it quite a bit. Let's see how many times I can fit that in next time. We'll try for a record. (laughs) That might have been the record that time, yeah. Somebody should count out there and let us know what the records are. (laughs) So uh, I think the big news today, we got to roll with the Zeke news. Zeke Elliott's signing could possibly be imminent, and Zeke Elliott's agent, Rocky uh, Asino? I don't know. Asino? I've seen it in print. I've never heard it said. Yeah. Anyway, I don't know how to pronounce his name. My apologies, Rocky, for saying your name wrong. But You're about to get rich, Rocky. Yeah, yeah, he's going to get a nice (laughs) little chunk. Uh, not quite as much of the chunk as Zeke Elliott will get. Rumors are it's six years, $90 million, but Zeke is wow. in Dallas, and here is Rocky, Zeke's agent, talking with reporters in Dallas. Uh, what is the status of Zeke's negotiations right very, now? Very, very close. As in a day, hours? Close. Minutes? <laughs> close. Very close. Do you expect him to play on Sunday? Um, I think Zeke showed his commitment by coming back to Dallas. So, I mean, we didn't come here not to do a deal. So I think he's committed. So, and, and uh, both sides are. Zeke in Dallas, it may or may not be imminent. He may or may not sign today or tomorrow or be ready for week number one. But the commitment is there. Sounds like both sides want to make this deal happen. And usually when the player shows up, things start to happen very quickly. Yeah. And in general, I'm on the train of drafting running backs high isn't the worst thing I've ever heard. You know, like I think the Panthers and Rams and Cowboys all agree with me and many others. And generally, I'm on the train of signing them after that first deal or five years into league, and Melvin Gordon's kind of example of this, isn't usually good business. But in this case, I think this is a deal you have to get done if you're the Cowboys. Elliott, I think, played it beautifully from his perspective. He's still very, very young. You know, his quarterback in Dallas is a good one, but more dependent on Elliott than vice versa. You know, I mean, he's still the straw that serves the drink in that offense, and an offense I think has a chance to be quite good. Um, I guess we'll probably you know be getting the details here sooner than later, but I can't see signing a running back to a six-year deal, though. I mean, unless you can get out of it after three or so. I mean, six years from now, how many running backs do you look at and say, boy, he's still the same guy? I mean, I, I'd be shocked if it's binding all the way through those six. That $15 million a year average, if it is really a six-year deal for $90 million, I got to imagine some of the years at the end, just as most NFL contracts are, a lot of fluff in there, a lot of uh, years at the end that could be very easily lopped off. And the agents love to have that biggest number thrown out there. But $15 million a year makes sense because that would put him at the top. It would put him ahead of Gurley, who's making currently... Uh, a little over 14, looks like 14.375 mil per year. So that would put Zeke Elliott as the highest paid running back annually 
in the NFL, uh, you know, depending on how much fluff exactly is in that contract or what the numbers end up being. But I think that's what he was waiting for. You know, it was pretty obvious that, you know, and that's just the way things go in the NFL, whatever position group you're dealing with, the guy you signed, if he's a very good player, you have to make him the highest paid at blank position. Yeah. And I think Zeke has a very strong case to get that. I mean, I've said for a little while, that I think he's the best runner of the football in the league right now. And my tune might change in Saquon Barkley's favor sooner than later, but just handing the ball to a guy, I think he's phenomenal. I mean, number one on the list right now. Under Underused, which has made me crazy as a receiver, last year they finally started throwing him the ball. I think Kellen Moore being there will help with that. I think that this offense will come a little bit more into you know modern times than being as archaic as it was. They also just re-signed Leo Collins. Um, the offensive line's in great shape. Um, I look at the the rest of the team, and I think some of the young receivers have a chance to step up. Um, I, I think that I mean I'm a Dak believer, but boy, they're throwing a lot of money around with Smith and Collins and now Elliott. I mean, are they going to be able to get Cooper and Dak done? Um, we'll see. I mean, it's going to be a t- quite the puzzle to put together because I think what's interesting about the Cowboys is you remember like during the Romo years, boy, they maxed out their credit cards and it didn't allow them to really take advantage of having Dak Prescott as their starting quarterback making very little money like Seattle did with Wilson. You know, they, they weren't able to go get people and they've drafted so well lately that they've kind of made up for that, that I worry they might get themselves in the same situation where their credit cards are maxed out. But if they get all those guys locked up, this is a pretty darn good roster. And it's another, you know, um, uh, argument for signing Elliott is they could win it all this year. I mean, I picked them to go to the playoffs as a wild card team. I'm warming up to this team quite a bit. And with the way the salary cap continues to rise, they might still just be able to fit everybody in and, and massage the cap in a way that everything works, especially if they're able to, sort of uh, do things slowly and control when and where and how they pay these guys. And one guy gets a lot this year and then maybe prorate some things and maybe front load some things. And you can get creative. And with the salary cap, I think it's structured in a way that they might be able to, to work this out. And uh, it's good. It's an interesting franchise because you know, obviously the Cowboys are such a, a popular franchise. I've always hated the America's team thing, possibly because when I was a kid, I watched all those uh, 49ers, Cowboys, grudge match, football games and so the Cowboys is that oh, team was like awesome. oh yeah American team America's team whatever a um, little bit a little bit of a pompous idea there but uh, they're they're an important franchise all the big important franchises in the NFL you want to see them do well it's good for the league it's good for our show and it's a fun team to talk about and just the way their roster is built uh, I'm excited to see how that Cowboys thing comes together this year Matt real quick I want to talk guaranteed money with this running back contract because I think that's the biggest thing talks about Todd Gurley who average per year of $14.375 million is the most in the league. But when you look at guaranteed money, he only had on his contract 21.9 fully guaranteed millions of dollars, which is a lot of millions of dollars. But as, right. as far as running backs go, the guy with the most fully guaranteed money on his contract is Saquon Barkley, who had $31 million because he's on that rookie deal as the number two overall pick. Yeah, I mean, I guess I don't have a lot to add to that. I'm glad you did throw that out there for the listeners, though, to get a better idea of what the top, top guys at that position are getting. I mean, Elliot will probably surpass both those guys, and rightfully so. He's proven. Um, that is one of the arguments, though, for not drafting a running back super high is a lot of guaranteed money to a position where you don't have to guarantee a lot of money. 
Um, one more Elliot note before we want to move on, though, and it kind of is fantasy related. I'm not sure I would start Elliot this week if I'm in fa- if I owned him. I mean, how much is he going to play? He hasn't been around the team for so long. By the time he gets there, well, you've practiced it all this week, and it's the Giants. If they're up by 14 in the second half, will he even be you know in the game? I might wait a week before I put Zeke in my fantasy lineup. Most of the drafts I've done, he's fallen in a couple of them, but most of the people were pretty confident still that something would get done, and they drafted him number four overall after the other obvious top three running backs. And my question to you in that same vein would be, if you knew going into the draft, you had the fourth pick, let's say, and you knew he was going to miss guaranteed the first week, but be back for week number two, would you change that? Would you still draft him fourth overall? Does that change your overall outlook for him? You just have to plug one. Basically, you're getting two buys out of his season instead of one. I would absolutely draft him four overall, and I would consider drafting him at two overall if I knew that. Ooh, okay. So fantasy yeah. football owners should be very excited about the current happenings around Zeke Elliott. The question now is how ready will he be week one if he does sign in the next couple of days? Yeah, that's my concern is what will he do this week? I mean, I'm sure next week he'll be the man, but this week I just don't know. I'd be a little concerned. We've got to step aside here. More Locked On NFL coming up. We will be joined by the co-host of Locked On Texans, our buddy John, a.k.a. some sports guy. Long day at work, still stuck at the office? Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be delivered to you wherever you are. Right now, our listeners get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code Locked On. Folks, it's time to celebrate. Football is finally back. And DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy football, has huge week one contests this Sunday that you will not want to miss. To kick off the NFL season, DraftKings is giving new users a free shot at $2 million in prizes with your first deposit. And you can put in the code Locked On, all one word, all caps, during sign-up. Draft your lineup and feel the, <laughs> feel the sweat like never before. Every run, throw, and catch mean more with the DraftKings lineup on the line. It's simple. Draft your lineup, you stay under the salary cap, and see how your team stacks up against the competition. Plus, all new and existing users can get a deposit bonus up to $500. That's some extra cash to play with this football season. Nothing adds to the sweat of watching the games quite like having a shot at $2 million in prizes. So, Download the DraftKings app now and use our code Locked On for a limited time. Both new and u- existing users can get a deposit bonus up to five hundred dollars. And new users don't miss this extra special Week One bonus. Enter our code Locked On to get a free shot at two million dollars in prizes with your first deposit. I mean, why would you do that? Th- that code is Locked On only at DraftKings. There's a minimum of five dollar deposit required. Deposit bonuses require. Five, 25 times playthrough. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Melvin Gordon, how long do you think this thing's going to go? The latest is that he's allowed to look for some trades. We talked about this a little bit yesterday, and uh, you know he's followed some teams and some players on Instagram, and that's got some fans excited. A bunch of 49ers fans in my most recent mailbag segment on Locked On 49ers were like, hey, Melvin Gordon followed the 49ers. What do you think? And I'm like, no, zero chance. Makes zero <laughs> no sense on right. any level. He's probably just having some fun. I think uh, I think these guys like like having their name, you know, in the because when you're when you're holding out, there, there's you're not on the field. There's all of the talk about you is like, oh, the fans are mad and they're like, hey, so you want to have a little bit of love. So it's like, okay, let's spread the love. Let's get some love. Let's follow some. Let's, let, you know, and, and Antonio Brown did the same thing. 
he was like talking right. back with George Kittle on, on Twitter and like, yeah, and it's fun, but it's just, it has no bearing on what's really going on. So 49ers fans, no, Melvin Gordon makes zero sense. And there's almost only one team left in the league unless there's some major injuries here. And maybe that's what needs to happen because it's pretty obvious that the Chargers and the Gordon situation, those two camps aren't going to come to any kind of agreement anytime soon. Yeah, I, I don't know that he'll play a down for the Chargers this year. I tend to lean towards he won't, and that he'll hang. You know that they'll be in pretty good shape without him. I think Eckler can handle the work, and Jackson's a good player. Um, and maybe Gordon sits out a couple weeks and realizes, hey, I could use a paycheck, and I'm going to report and great. And the Chargers will say welcome back, and all's well. But I don't get that feeling. Um, the Bucks are. They have an aggressive head coach, a pretty aggressive organization. That would be the team that I would be in touch with them right now. Um, but you're you kind of nailed it. I, I feel like he needs somebody to go down on a contender. You know, like what if Devontae Freeman gets hurt in the first week or two? You know, then yeah, I'll call the the Chargers. I'm gonna gladly add Gordon. It's a position that you don't need a lot of time with your new team to get acclimated. So. I'm guessing it's going to be a couple weeks so we see him on a field. A couple of players around the league that did sign new contracts. Uh, we haven't talked yet about Jacoby Brissett. We talked a lot about him as a player and how that's going to look filling in for Andrew Luck. And it's now officially Jacoby Brissett's offense. And that's his team now in Indianapolis. And I really love the two-year contract. Two years, 15 per, $30 million total. It's a great bridge contract to me to get him from right now, current starter, and let's let's see what we really have. Maybe maybe there's a mega deal in his future in two years. Maybe they need to have some conversations and figure out what they want to do at that position. If Jacoby Prezet turns out not to be the guy, but right now he still gets a nice chunk of change, 15 per for the next couple of years. Yeah, I really like this for both team and player. Um, first of all, it tells the rest of the Colts, hey, we believe in this guy. I mean, we look at him mm-hmm. as a starting quarterback here. We're proving it. Boom. Money talks, the locker room, you know, sees those things and very much understands that. That's very real. It's not like, boy, we're stuck with Jacoby. No, we just had two starters on the team. Um, if you're him, you, re- I mean, by NFL standards, you haven't made all that much yet. You know, you were a second-day pick. You haven't gotten a big contract yet. I'm sure the Brissett family, if he has a family, are saying, yeah, we'll take $30 million over the next two years, considering what we have in the bank at this moment. Sure, that sounds great. And, oh, by the way, you know you're going to start at least one of those years, presumably two, but at least one, and you're going to get every dollar of it. I mean, he's not going to get cut after this year unless some catastrophic injury happens or something. And then just two years from now, like you said, you get to really shop your wares again, whether it's the Colts on an extension and you're getting the $30 million deal or – you know, I mean, or you're right in that neighborhood again. So it's not long until you could possibly really cash in on yourself. So that's great. Um, and then for the Colts, and my thoughts are, what if, and this would be a great problem, but what if Brissett plays really, really well this year, you want him to be your long-term guy, and then he's a free agent. I mean, then you're in this, this, comp- you know, the, in this right. conflict of, are we going to give this guy $30 million after one good year after being a backup till now? I mean, so that would have been a predicament if if he was bad, who cares? He'd move on and not that big a deal. And this isn't much of a risk if he is bad, but if he's good, he would have been hard to sign and it been a hard contract to deal with. The only little sticking point, and they can handle it because they got a ton of cap space, 
is they're still playing Andrew Luck. And, I mean, they have a ton tied up in the quarterback position right now. And even Hoyer, I mean, Hoyer's not a, a freebie backup. I mean, he's a veteran making a couple million bucks or whatever. So between Brissett, Luck, and Hoyer, they got a lot of money to spend a quarterback. I love it. I love the deal for both sides. Makes a ton of sense. And it, I didn't really think about that aspect of it, but you're right. It does send a message to the franchise, to the locker room, to everybody, the fan base. This is our guy for a couple of years. Let's roll with this thing. And then there's a lot of ways that it could go after that. But makes total sense. Gives the player some money now and gives the team that one extra year to figure out what the heck is going on. And potentially, if Brissett is the guy, then he will get that super mega contract. But right now, uh, two years, 15 per $30 million for Jacoby Brissett. And it looks like our guy John Hickman is now on the line. So coming up, we'll talk Texans, get some perspective on everything going on in Houston. Folks, it is a new season. Antonio Brown's with the Raiders. Lev Bell is with the Jets. Odell Beckham is a brownie. The only thing that hasn't changed where I'm putting my mount is where I'm putting my money down on all the games. My bookie is the only place to bet on football every weekend. My bookie has better bonuses and more prop bets than any other sports book, period. This year, they're hosting the first online handicapping super contest. First place is guaranteed to win at least a hundred thousand dollars, and it only costs a hundred bucks to enter. All you got to do is pick five NFL games against the spread every week to climb the leaderboard and score your share of the huge cash prize pool. So, folks, I would only recommend a service to my listeners that's been good to me, and absolutely my bookie fits that mold. That's why my bookie is always the right place to play. You bet, you win, they pay. My bookie has live in game betting on every NFL game. They've got the most rewarding player perks in the business for you and your fantasy guys out there. You can even bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score in each game. I love that feature, by the way. So, up to a $1,000 first deposit bonus. You double your first deposit. Use our promo code Locked On to activate the offer. Visit MyBookie online today. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget to use our promo code Locked On when creating your, your claim and when you're creating your account to claim the bonus. Again, that's locked on, two words, locked on, bet, win, get paid. All right, we're going to talk a little Houston Texans. We're going to have somebody closer to the fire help us out with all the things going on in Houston and the flurry of moves that happened this weekend. We've got John, some sports guy, Hickman, co-host of Locked on Texans, joining us here. John, welcome to the show. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Thank you for having me, of course. Yeah, so there's a lot of things to get into here, and and welcome to the show. Haven't uh, heard from you guys since the draft spectacular in April, and it was an interesting draft. Obviously, it, 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 watched it, that draft. It looked like <laughs> it looked like from the outside that the Texans got completely sniped by the Eagles going up and drafting Andre Dillard in the first round, and then we see a couple days ago the blockbuster moves that the Texans are doing and throwing multiple very high draft picks in multiple years to bring in Larry Matunsel to be the offensive tackle. Can you take me through what it's been like this summer and in that offensive tackle, and we'll get to the Jadavian Clowney stuff too, but specifically the offensive tackle position, take me through the draft and the mindset of this organization as we ended now with the big blockbuster trade to bring in Larry Matunsel. Yeah, just, you know, guys, it com- the, honestly, the offseason was a complete failure in my eyes. Uh, we were not aggressive at all in the draft. 
we had a bunch of one-year deals. We brought in Matt Khalil as a guy who didn't play last year and hasn't been good since his rookie year. And, you know, we went 11-5, and but Deshaun Watson took 62 sacks and got hit over 120 times. And you look around the league, well, you look around our division alone, Andrew Luck just retired because he got hurt way too many times. And we failed to bring in protection this offseason. I, I thought it was a crap show, to be honest with you. And I just didn't like the moves at all. And I like Howard. You know, we, we talked about how Philly jumped up and got Andre Diller, who in my eyes was the the can't-miss prospect when you look at pure pass rushing ability, but pass uh, blocking ability, rather. Uh, but we went with Howard, and I like Howard. But just in the offseason, I did not like any moves. And what happened this past Saturday was a move that literally saved the entire season in my eyes. John, that makes a lot of sense, and I agree with you. I thought it was a rough offseason and one that was kind of disjointed. Oh, by the way, they let go of their general manager. Right. Maybe he deserved it. This past one, this Tunsil move, screams something a coach would do more than a GM would do. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, we have a coach along with five other guys wearing the GM hat. And, yeah, it does. It really does. But here's what I'm thinking. When you trade that much away, that's your future. Two first rounds and a, and a second round. What you are saying to me is we are in win-now mode, and we're also in the mode where we want to win while we still have Deshaun Watson under his rookie contract. Uh, because once that rookie contract is up, the cap is going to continue to go up. Then that means the amount of money that we're going to have to pay him will take a huge bite out of our cap and so uh not only that we know what happened early on that day with the seattle seahawk trade with Jadavian Clowney, and you can't go from 11 and 5 and not fix anything the one area that would have held you back you didn't fix it at all you're not you're, you're not going to be able to go into this season and have the highest expectations. Even if you do, you don't meet him. I think Bill O'Brien is out the door. So we brought we had to pull that trade to bring in Laramie Tunsil. Oh, and by the way, we have Deshaun Watson, we have DeAndre Hopkins, but the Houston Texans has always struggled to find a premier number two receiver at the same time as their number one. You know, we brought in Hopkins on when. Johnson was on his way out. So we get we get Kenny Steele's back in that trade, who I think would be tremendous in this offense, and he'll help out Fuller nursing him back to health where we don't have to rush him to get back on the field. I'm glad you brought up Stills because nobody talks about them adding Hyde or Stills. You know, like everyone talks about Tunsil and, and Clowney. And Stills, I think, can definitely be insurance for Fuller, and we've seen – Watson's numbers in particular are night and day when Fuller's out there or not. So that can help that situation. Kiki QT hasn't shown that he can stay healthy either. And Stills is a different type receiver, but he can operate out of the slot too. So it also wouldn't blow me away if you see Duke Johnson out there four wide and Watson just slinging it. Yeah, that's not going to surprise me at all, especially considering uh, whenever Carlos Hyde is healthy, he is a threat in the backfield. We know how much of a threat Duke Johnson is coming out of the backfield, catching. You can line him up wherever, like you said. Uh, the, the biggest thing about Kenny Stills, when we just had a show and I talked about it, the biggest thing about him is if we're going off what we already know, then that's 16 games a season played. That's 16 games a season played. That's 15, 16. 15. He is healthy and he is on the field. And if you look at his per-catch average, 
that's a big number. Fifteen to seven. It's crazy, yeah. It's crazy. He can go get the ball, and he's going to be on the field. And that's one thing I am not going to be worried about. And now he's going to be with a quarterback for the first time in a while that can get him the ball, and he can do damage. There's one aspect of this that makes a ton of sense, and it's everything they've done to surround Deshaun Watson with more talent and make him more comfortable in the pocket and allow him to sling the ball down the field if Will Fuller continues to get hurt. You do have Kenny Stills now that can give you that deep threat down the field. So I love all of those things, and those things make a ton of sense. And one thing that just popped in my mind while you guys were talking that I had never really thought about with recent developments in Indianapolis, do you think the Colts three years ago would trade two first-rounders and a second-rounder to keep Andrew Luck clean, and now they would still have Andrew Luck? Right. They, they were, were the worst in a place order. where it was just <laughs> yeah. ugly. Right? Yeah. Your, 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 your owner or whatever, Ursay, he's out doing whatever he's doing, partying and God knows what. And They really did a terrible job with keeping their franchise quarterback healthy. And that's why I do believe we gave up too much for Tunsil. But on the other hand, I believe that deal had to get done. There's no way to look across your division and say, hey, Indy waited until last year to bring in Quentin Nelson, who's an all-pro lineman, to help Andrew Luck, and he retired. So we're not going to put ourselves in that position when we our quarterback has a torn ACL, punctured lungs, had to drive a bus to get to a game instead of flight. <laughs> right. Couldn't be so high up, and we're not going to do that. And I understand that deal had to get done. Brian, to your point too, tackles don't come in the league. As sure prospects like they used to. There's no Ogdens and Pace no. and Baselli. The bird in the hand no. at that position is worth a lot for a young tackle. Right. And, you know, I was talking with a few of my friends, and the question was, how many elite tackles are in this game? Not Five. Many. Maybe. Exactly. So right. even None of them are as young as him. Call him. Right. And, and, uh, the two elite tackles play for Dallas. I wouldn't call Tunsil elite, but I would call him comfortable, and I believe his upside under 25 years old is super high. So that's one deal, and it makes sense from the Miami perspective of not wanting to trade Tunsil, and it's like, okay, you guys gave us too much that we can't say no now, and it makes sense that you want to protect your franchise quarterback. You're the Texans. You just saw this guy in the division go down and, and basically retire because they weren't able to protect their franchise quarterback. So you overpay to get that offensive tackle, which was the most obvious need for your team. And now real quick, and we only have a, a minute or two left here. Take me through the Jadavian Clowney trade. Uh, th that's kind of the opposite thing where was he causing so many problems that they were just like, okay, this is addition by subtraction. We've got to get this guy out of the building. Cause otherwise taking a third rounder for Clowney just doesn't make a lot of sense. From what we've been hearing, it, it, it did turn personal. Uh, what I can tell you is I hated it. I, I really hated it. You traded him for a third round that you were only replacing because of that Duke Johnson trade with the Browns, the fourth round to the third round tender. And you only got you got two guys back that were going to be likely cut anyway. Uh, I, I truly hated that deal. I think it was personal. And the one thing I hate about it most is, if you knew you were not going to pay him, then you could have and you should have traded him before the draft. That way, you could have gotten the first round and the third round. Or if you wanted to wait, guys, name me a, a defensive player or any player that doesn't ball out on their contract year. Right. <laughs> it's a Can't good point. Right. Yeah, wait, no. Let him play because he already agreed to come back to the organization, to the team, after week three of the preseason game. Let him play out. He's going to ball. His, his stock will go up, and then you make a move. I yeah, think you help him. I mean, he'll help you win. 
Yeah. It'll help you win. Yeah, it'll help you win, of course. And I, I just think the move was just mishandled. That makes total sense. Really yeah, I totally agree on that one. A lot of these things would have made a lot more sense in the offseason. Figuring out offensive tackle when you had more assets before the draft. Figure out whatever's going on with Clowney. And if you couldn't get a deal done and you had a really good feeling that he wasn't going to hold out the entire year, and why would he? Because then his uh, contract wouldn't vest and then he'd be in the same spot again next year. Uh, it seems like they could have planned this out better, done a lot of things better, but that's what happens when you don't have a GM or have bad management and now you have your coach in charge. Uh, it's just a rough way to go, but... As of now, we talked about this yesterday on the show. Matt and I both think, even though maybe some of these moves were bad and they don't make sense long-term, the Texans are a better team right now. You're protecting your franchise quarterback. So now it's like, okay, Watson, it's your show. Go do it. And listen, we know this is the a quarterback's league. The deal had to get done. I'm happy. I don't want to see Watson go out like so many quarterbacks, like a Andrew Luck. The team is better right now and i believe we are in super bowl or bust mode for the next two years guys i have one small note just before we wrap i know we're about to but one thing i did here today and i hated the clowny move for football reasons and i certainly would have brought him back and tried to win it this year try to win the super bowl but i do think what their stand on it was is they don't like his work ethic and that was something that we heard back in south carolina coming out of school he kind of put it in in neutral his last year in college that they want to invest in Watson, Nuke, JJ, the, the workers. They didn't want to send the message to the rest of the locker room that we, we reward guys that aren't giving it 110. Well, I'll tell you this. He's a three-time Pro Bowler. Uh, he's a guy that's a Swiss Army knife in the league. He can rush the pass, and he's going to a system that will now put him back at a 4-3 instead of a 3-4, so he'll have, he'll have his hand in the dirt. He won't have to worry about coverage. Oh, and by the way, with the nine or nine-and-a-half sacks he's giving you, he's also a tremendous, exceptional run stopper at that edge position. Yeah, the talent is obviously so good that I think you can coast a little bit when you're that good. And we'll see how that works out for Seattle, and we'll see how it works out for the Houston Texans. Hey, John, we got to run here. Thank you so much for joining us, man. Thank you guys for having me. Just check me out on Twitter at some sports guy that is with two Y's at the end. And definitely tell your friends and download Locked On Texans just right after you listen to Locked On NFL. All right, for Matt Williamson, I'm Brian Peacock. We will talk to you tomorrow right here, Locked On NFL.